I'm Jamie Knight. Thanks for joining us on a Friday afternoon, getting ready for a long weekend. Well, tonight starts the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. The first draw actually starts in just about an hour from now, but it'll be the final time we see Jennifer Jones at the Scotties. Six-time champion. I was able to catch up with Jennifer before her final Scotties. And, of course, she's staying with mixed curling with her husband, Brent Lang. But a hearty congratulations to Jennifer Jones on her illustrious career in women's curling. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a, an emotional week, but lots to, lots to be grateful for and just trying to enjoy this last Scotties. And then I'm sure I'm going to reflect on many years of, uh, of lots of curling fun. Uh, what's it like to come to that conclusion and to tell the team and tell the world that this will be the last one? It was pretty gut-wrenching, to be honest. I, uh, it took me a long time to get, to get there, and uh, it, even I'd ask our, our daughters if, if I should retire, and they'd instantly start crying. They didn't want me to. They love it so much. and But it just felt like it was really the best time for my family. And once I decided and, and trying to tell my team, they were so unbelievably gracious. All they said was thank you for the last two years and that we cannot wait to share the ice with you for your final stone. We're so honored to be a part of it. And I said to, I said to them, they made it too, too easy. Like they were just so gracious and, and made me feel so good about it. And, and then telling everybody and good news, the messages I've been getting, it's just been very emotional, very touching and uh, makes me never want to leave the sport because it's just been so great to me. Well, you, you damn near won the thing last year. So that last stone might come on Sunday. You're hoping I imagine. That would be a dream come true for sure, but uh, it's so hard. The field's so tough, and so I mean, there's no. I'll have no regrets, no matter when that last stone is. But if it could be on Sunday, that would be extra special. Go back to, well, was it 22 years ago, uh, Jennifer? Like you're when you get to wear Manitoba for the first time, you you get to go that you're going into your last. But take us back to your first and living a dream, uh, and becoming uh, one of the greatest of all time. I can remember that like it was yesterday. I, I I never, ever thought, I always say, like, if I thought I could just make one provincial, I'd be excited. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, maybe we could just win one and go to one Scotties. And I was lucky enough that the first Scotties I went to was in Brandon, and we were the hometown team. I remember so vividly stepping on that ice and sliding over those Scotties hearts and thinking, my dreams could not get any better than this. Like, this was a moment of a lifetime. And every Scotties that I've been to since, it still feels the same way. And I've been really fortunate and I, that, that my passion and my love and, and every single moment I've, I've never taken for granted. And it's just always been so exciting for me. And I think that's why I've played for so long and why it's been so difficult to say goodbye. Uh, as you as you grew, of course, oh five, um, winning the first Scotties and then wearing the Maple Leaf. W- what did that mean uh, to, of course, as you just went through winning Manitoba, but now you got the the leaf on your back and you reached the pinnacle of Canadian curling. I was, it was yeah, it was so unbelievable. I I, I couldn't believe it even when we won and it was just the most dramatic way to win and it was so exciting I think my body was shaking for days after just from the adrenaline of it all and 
I couldn't believe that it actually happened. And then I m- remember getting my jacket with the maple leaf and it had Jones on the back. And it even makes me emotional now. Like I, I couldn't believe that I got to wear it. It was the greatest honor of my life. And then to have been able to do it a few more times after that, it's just been, I never, I never thought that this would happen to me. And I, I, uh, I'm so grateful. It's been a privilege. Your second one came right here in Saskatchewan in Regina, and that started a string of three straight, uh, uh, Jennifer. We, we watched Carrie Anderson win four straight. Can't believe that one, but uh, what was that stretch like? Uh, there was no doubt who the best team in the world was uh, on the curling ice, or best team in Canada. Um, and trying to maintain that and, and continue to strive to be great every year, how hard was that? I don't know fun part for me um you know I've done a lot of reflecting and it's really never been about the podium for me honestly like the standing on the podium and winning is a dream of a lifetime but the actual curling for me has always been about trying to get better and seeing what we could do different and trying to push the limits and so every year even after we won the Scotties we'd sit down a week or two later and I'd say okay so let's go back to the drawing board what do we need to do to be better and I think that that's why our teams had you know, longevity, like we were always excited to see what was going to happen next at practice. And through my whole career, it's been like that. Even to this day, I'm still, okay, what can we do to do get better? And it's like, oh, right, I'm retiring. So, um, but it's, so it was never really hard for me. It's always been fun. That part's been, been really fun. And, and, uh, I, I think that it, it allowed us to soak up and enjoy the moment. And even when we lost, we, we felt like we would just go back to the drawing board and figure out a, a new way to, to be the best. Jennifer Jones joining us, uh, of course, announced this will be her final Scotty's uh, Tournament of Hearts. Um, but the other moment was there's only two female skips uh, who have won Olympic gold. Uh, Saskatchewan's uh, favorite curler is Sandra Schmirler and yourself, uh, Jennifer Jones. Um, what What was that moment like? to it's only once every four years you don't get it it's it's the very rarest of opportunities to win a gold medal in curling is the olympic gold what was it like to be on the podium in sochi oh now that's 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 even on a whole new level and for us we um when we were doing when we were winning our three in the row and and kind of at the top of the the world rankings it was the vancouver olympics and we, we we failed to failed to qualify to go and then all of a sudden we won the Olympic trials and that to me knowing that you were going to be an Olympian that was that was the moment um knowing that we were going to the Olympics and then we kind of made a team pack we were going to enjoy the Olympics nothing was going to affect us nothing was going to go wrong everything was just going to be enjoyable and fun and we waited it felt like decades for this this moment so we went to the games and it was just we we just had gratitude, and so we. I remember sliding over the ice, and there's Olympic rings everywhere, and I thought, who gets to do this? How lucky we are! And and then the one game went by, and we won, and we kept winning, and we found ourselves undefeated at the end of the round robin, and uh, and into the playoffs. And again, that's the next check mark. It's like, oh wow, okay, we have this opportunity to stand on the podium, and then winning the semifinal, and and then winning that gold medal. It was. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll never forget how I felt inside. I, 
thought my whole body was going to explode. And when you take that step on top of the podium, you really and truly do, especially at the Olympic Games, feel like you're doing it for your country and not, not for your team, but for so many other people who have put so much into, into what you're doing. And so that, that is definitely a standout moment in my career. We'll continue our conversation with Jennifer Jones as she ends her Scotties career in Calgary as the Scotties starts tonight. More with Jennifer Jones next on 980 CJME and 650 CKON. Jamie and I with the year on a Friday as we continue our conversation with Jennifer Jones, six-time Scotties champion, and this will be her last. Uh, Jennifer, you wrapped up talking about the Olympic moment in 2014. How inspirational was it as a younger curler when Sandra Schmerler won the Olympic gold first time in 98 to know that, hey, there's another gold now to win not only Scotties, but Olympic gold. Yeah, and I think for curling, it was, you know, when I was a little girl, it wasn't really an option to be an Olympic champion. So all of a sudden, curling was in the Olympics, and Sanders' team goes and they win the gold. So it it opens up a, a realm of possibilities, really. And we were very lucky. We won the Canadian Juniors um, the same year that uh, Sanders' team won the Scotties. And so we, we got to travel to Switzerland with them and, they kept pulling practical jokes on us, and it was just—it uh, was something that I'll never forget. Just kind of the—it made everything seem more realistic when you could see them and talk to them, and and just talk about their experiences and just see how they approach the game. And they approach the game with joy, and that's how I've always thought of the game—is just to go out and and enjoy it, smell the ice, and just experience it all. And Sandra and her team did that, and I think that that's why she so captivated so many people. What, was it Sandra or was it Joan McCusker that was pulling the, the pranks? Who who was it, was it? It was all of them, even Marcy <laughs> and Jen. Um, yeah, they were all they, they were all a little mischievous, actually, and then they had the best laughs. And we actually got to play them in the Thunder Bay cash field, and we beat them, um, and they were so gracious after. And I just thought, you know what, that's, that's a sign of a champion, and uh, yeah, I'll never forget it. Uh, what was it like to develop as a younger curler um, into a mother and as uh, uh, try, trying to handle the pressure of being all, all of a sudden the, the face of a women's curling in Canada? Yeah, being a, being a mom definitely enhanced my perspective. Uh, you know, I've always had pretty good perspective. Like, it's just a game. You can't control the outcome. You can just go out there and try your best. But then all of a sudden you have a child and, and you just realize that, you know what, there's so many other things outside of the outcome of this game that matter to me. And so it really helped me have perspective. And Isabella was one, she was 13 months when we won the Olympics. And, uh, I think her coming into the world really helped me find even more joy in the game that I loved. So I think motherhood for me gave me just even broader perspective, but it also having two daughters, I realized, you know, that I want them to chase their dreams. I want them to feel that anything is possible. That's all a, a parent could ever want for their kids is that they can just experience all the best things in life. And so when we're on the world stage and we're, we're, we're in the spotlight, I want every kid, every little girl, every little person uh, watching to know that we are loving what we're doing. We're enjoying it. We're chasing our dreams and that anything is possible. And, you know, as much as you can't take it lightly, we're role models, and you have to make sure that you're you're setting a good example for everybody that's watching. Finally, 
as you said, your team says they're honored, will be honored to be on the ice for the last rock. Is is that a moment you can even bear to think about right now as you head into your final Scotties? I'm doing good. Now you make me cry. You know, I um, I do think about it because I'm, you know, it's unrealistic, and I'll never forget my first Scotties. And it feels like yesterday, and I'm grateful that it feels like yesterday because that means I've been enjoying it for twenty some odd years, and so it's going to be very hard to know that it's going to be my last one. It's going to be like when I'm throwing that last stone or knowing that I'm on the ice for the last time, I know I'm going to get emotional because it's just about saying goodbye to something that I love so much. But um, I I'm, I know for the rest of it, I'm going to just be enjoying the moment like I always do because I love to curl as much or more than anybody. And but for that, and I'm, I'm grateful for that last moment, but I know it's going to be an emotional one that I'm going to soak up. And um, my family's coming, my daughters are coming, and I'm, I'm really excited that they're going to be there to, to see it and to remember that moment for, for our lifetime. Well, Jennifer, uh, a pleasure to talk to you just ahead of your uh, final Scotties. Thank you for taking the time for uh, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan curling fans. Of course, uh, you've been uh, not only Saskatchewan Canadian in the world, curling fans uh, entertaining as uh, your success um, has been uh untouched in in what you've been able to accomplish in your career. Congratulations, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And on a personal note, I uh, we've had a lot of fabulous memories in Saskatchewan, so many great events. And uh, being from Manitoba, I, there's nothing like being in the prairies and curling, and Saskatchewan has been so gracious to me and my team, and I want to personally say thank you for loving our sport and just helping make all these moments so much better. So thank you so very much. And uh, finally, uh, Brent is helping out Mike McEwen and, and stuff. Will we see at the patch in Regina for the Briar or not? Well, you know, I was going to go, but Isabella, our oldest daughter, is actually competing in the elementary school curling provincials, uh, the opening weekend of the Briar, and I'm going to be there with her. So I will be watching on TV and uh, cheering for, for Brent's team. So, uh, you know, Go Saskatchewan, I guess. I haven't said that ever. So go Saskatchewan. <laughs> Jennifer, thanks so much. Uh, and uh, best of luck this week. Thank you so much. There it is. Jennifer Jones, uh, final Scotties Tournament of Hearts. And I even got her to say go Saskatchewan uh, here on the Green Zone this I'm Jamie Nye. This is the Friday edition of the Green Zone as we're getting ready. Stadium series that goes this weekend. Daytona 500, if it's not rained out, goes this weekend. NBA All-Star festivities go this weekend. Maybe someone will win $1,800 in the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest that, that this weekend. Um, Mike Debert is that person, by the way. It's not just anybody. It's Mike Debert is our contestant for the Green Zone Tic Tac 20 contest. But it's also the stadium series for the National Hockey League. It's in New Jersey. Two games this weekend. Outdoors. Three of those teams. Chico Resch played with them. The New York Islanders are one of those. They take on the New York Rangers. And the other game, the Philadelphia Flyers, where Chico ended his career against his beloved New Jersey Devils, to which he uh, helps with the broadcast. 
and Chico Resch uh, joined Drew and I to talk about the outdoor games, the New Jersey Devils. But first, we had to ask him about the outdoor league he's a forefather from, but somebody texted in, played with Chico outside in Regina in an outdoor league. Well, no, you're right. And we played uh, uh, just off Dudney Street. Uh, I'm not sure what the... It was by uh, Dudney Pool. And what I remember, I like history, but the old... Um, building behind it stood there and that's where louis riel was housed you know before everything uh happened to him but i just remember those outdoor games and you know the worst thing is you guys when you're a goalie you <laughs> go to the bathroom even if you have to know they're gonna stop yes. the game so many nights i walked home with frozen pants and a mm-hmm. of water that but it was fun your feet were freezing and so were other areas without a doubt when you're playing yeah. the outdoor games. Yeah, it, it was. You know, and I didn't wear a mask. Like the mask didn't yeah, of come course in not. until right. like I was uh, 10 or 11. So <laughs> that, 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 I was a coward, so that didn't help. And, you know, <laughs> the guys knew it. Uh, it was, it wasn't, you know, people say, and I don't know what you guys grew up like playing hockey. They said, well, did you love it? I said, no, not really. It was the only <laughs> thing I could do. And people would kind of suck you in by saying, hey, you're really good. Yeah, you want to be a goalie. And then you'd say, I am? Okay, I'll be the goalie. And then I didn't realize till later they were just, you know, uh, they needed a goalie. me up so I, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but anyway, hey, I, heard, I heard you say Mackenzie Blackwood, you know, he was here. He's one of my... Oh, best friends in hockey, and I, I love the guy. I, I think the Devils may have missed the boat on him. Granted, he uh, he wouldn't take the uh, uh, vaccine for COVID. That didn't help. Then yep. he got hurt a b- number of times. We weren't very good. This is the pre-Jack Hughes and uh, Nico Heischer and, you know, the other guys we've signed, to Foley and uh, Meyer. Um, but I always saw so much in that guy, 6'4", 230, and... You, you said, Drew, that he really played well last night. Chico, he's been brilliant all year long. The, the, the San Jose Sharks, I, I, you've seen where they are and what, what yeah. kind of team they are. Goaltending yeah. hasn't been an issue at all. Mackenzie Blackwood last night, he made four saves that should have been goals for the Calgary Flames. Like, he passes across wow. one timer. He, he he's got such big. He's so big, as you said. But he's got such great, strong legs. He gets down the splits. Yeah. Forget it. You're not getting the puck by him. He's been absolutely no brilliant. I, I I've asked him about you too as well because you know Saskatchewan guys, and he said he absolutely adores you. He is he is a big fan of yours. Well, we, we're good friends, and you know you're trying to pump those guys up. And he got. I'll just tell you guys, he got a growth on his heel I'd never seen before. Yeah. It wasn't like calcium. It was. He told me what it was, but not being very medical, I couldn't remember. But it was one <laughs> thing after another. But, you know, Drew uh, and Jamie, his flexibility oh. for being that big was oh. incredible. And, you know, I mean, there's a part of the mental part of goaltending that has to also form, and that might take a little time. He, he, I, You know, the one thing I said to Mackenzie Blackwood, I said, Mackenzie, Here's what I want to tell you. You do not want to reach the age of 30 and look back and think, I blew it. I could have been something, but I didn't give it my all. And obviously now, you guys, that isn't happening because I'm sure there'd be some teams that would really like to have him. 
I, I got to talk to you though, because you, we talked about being cold. We talked about, yeah. uh, you know, being goaltenders and you guys without a doubt are a little strange. We have been to, <laughs> we have been to minus degree weather. We were, went to Winnipeg. We were just in Winnipeg and then Calgary last night. And this kid, he doesn't wear a jacket. He wears a polo shirt, <laughs> no socks. I'm concerned every time I see him, I go, where's your jacket, young man? And he looks and goes, ah, I'm fine. So what the heck is going on with you goalies? Well, I don't get that because it was cold. You know, there's a great book out, Rob Bamstone, who yes. wrote for the Leader Post, Brave Face. And he has done the best book, you guys, on chronologically uh, uh, writing about no face masks all the way up into the 60s and 70s. So it was not, we were different because, Drew, you're freezing, but then a guy comes in and he's leaning back like, I'm going to shoot this right in your face. <laughs> so I say, okay, I'll just move back farther back. Okay, now do you have enough room? Let me know. But, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't fun every game. Jeez, oh, I hope I don't get hit in the face of the puck. I hope I don't play bad. And so there, were, you can imagine the goalies in the NHL. It was just constant. And a lot of them, you know, quit and had, like, multiple broken bones and face yes. and nose. And so, you know, we have to remember why they said we were crazy, Drew. You know, there was reasons, but <laughs> we weren't born that way. <laughs> you were made. Chico Rush, yeah, jo- we were made. Chico Rush so, joining us, of course, uh, the New Jersey Devils, the New York Islanders, the Colorado Rockies, the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. They're all partying in uh, New Jersey this weekend, the stadium series with the Rangers involved as well. So I just need to know, Chico. You had Billy Smith at the start of your career. You had Ron Hextall at the end of it. Who had the biggest temper, Billy Smith or Ronnie Hextall? Well, that is a great question. I think uh, Smitty's was more subdued. Hexy's could be explosive. Did I ever tell you about, and I, I don't want to pre- repeat it if people heard it, but I, when I'm with Philly, did I ever tell you what Hexy did to uh, Billy Smith? No. Okay, so here's what here's what Hexy did. So Hexy would take the shots, and I played like 25 26 games that year, I was backup. But I, I, I said he would he would come out of the net after his last shot in warm-up. He'd go to the right blue line, stop, throw snow. Then he would go to center ice and stop right on the dot, superstition. Then he would go to the left blue line, stop there, and then run up the ramp. And I'm watching Billy Smith leaning on a stick, watching the Islanders warm up, and he's on the dot. Center right thought. I said, this isn't going to work. That dot's not for the both of them. And I got to tell you guys, so I watch Ronnie, and he goes, and he goes flying to the right uh, blue line, throws snow, and he goes to center ice. And he blasted Smitty from behind. Smitty went flying inside the blue line, and then Ronnie went to the blue line and went up the stairs. I mean, up no. the ramp to the dressing room. Yes. And Smitty's looking around. He says, Chico, come here. Come here. He says, you tell that asshole to he says, when we come out to start the game, after the warm-up, we're going at it. Right away, we're going at it. I said, Smitty, I think he thought you were trying to, you know, blow his game by ruining yeah. his superstition. And Smitty says, you know me, Chico. I don't know what's anybody else doing except me. So I go into the dress room. I said, Hexy, you just about killed Smitty there. So I, said, I know. He knew he was. I said, no, he didn't know. That's the thing. Oh. And Ronnie says, oh. Oh, well, you get out there first, 
and you tell him, I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> I went and told Smitty that. This is no one, not one word of lie, you guys. I went and got Smitty right away. I was the first one out. I said, Smitty, he didn't know. He's apologizing. He's very sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I'll let him off the hook this time. So, Smitty was subtle, right? Like, he yeah. would butt end, butt end the opposition. We got Lindy Ruff here now. Lindy still wears this big scar under his eye. Yeah. And I remember the game, and Smitty butt-ended him. Um, and, um, but it was always subtle, and, you know, it wasn't demonstrative like uh, Hexy. So that was the difference in their tempers. But <laughs> can you imagine, you guys, how bad no. those two goalies would have been if I hadn't been there? <laughs> no. I caused it. No. I kept them under control as good as you could. But anyway, it was, it was wild. Great. Two of the greatest, like Smitty, you can say what you want. Uh, four straight Stanley Cups. You got hard to argue. And then Ronnie mm-hmm. Hextall, that year he won the Vesna when we went to the seventh game against the Oilers, and they won the Cup, but he was the Vesna Trophy. Best bit of goaltending I've ever seen. Well, b- before so, we... You know what I mean? uh, sorry, Chico. Uh, before we uh, wrap it up, uh, almost out of time, we... we the Devils in the uh, are right there, right in the mix. Well, what do you expect yeah. down the stretch run here in New Jersey? Well, everybody's coming back and getting healthy. Uh, Siegenthaler is probably going to play on uh, Saturday, tomorrow night. And we need to play better defensively. But, you know, Lindy tweaked, right? But I'll just tell you, you know, everybody's making a big deal of us. But us hockey guys, all he's doing is saying to the second defense, don't rush in the corner. If your if your partner's in there, it's like old school hockey, right? You always wanted one guy in front because you got to defend. And there was a time where teams would send both their defense in. It was better for the breakout, but it wasn't better for defending. So they have changed that the last four or five games, and we haven't given up many goals. And the problem is, you guys, it's always about scoring, and our power play hasn't been that good. And we need Dougie Hamilton. He he's not going to come back till the season's over, so we're not going to use him. But um, our power play hasn't functioned very well, and and that's hurt us as well. But um, you know, I think we're going to make it. Uh, we got to beat Detroit, and they're they're okay, and uh, the Islanders, but they're just okay. So I mean, I'm a little biased, but it's going to be a battle. <laughs> but, but I think we'll be there, you guys. I think we'll be there. Well, Chico, always appreciate you taking the time for. The homeland of Saskatchewan here with us and enjoy the stadium series over the weekend in New Jersey. Thanks, buddy. Well, thank you. Thank you. I love the Pats. I played for them and I love the Riders. And I, I get back once or twice in the summer because you got to get back to your roots, right? Or you don't know who you are. And you know, Always. sometimes you guys, sometimes I'll pee my pants now on purpose just to remind <laughs> me of playing in the outdoor. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't. But it was a good line. Thank you. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> Thank you. That is uh, the great Chico Resch. Always great for a story after a great career. Uh, that spanned nearly 20 years in the NHL from the 70s into uh, the early or late 80s uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. But, yes, it is the stadium series of this weekend in New Jersey. The Devils and the Flyers and the Islanders and the Rangers. Champs and Chumps next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. 
You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, you're a bad person. Each and every day, one champ and one chump. Uh, the champ or the chump, sorry, today is going to go to Patrick Cantley at the Genesis Invitational. One of the better golfers, sometimes not a good golfer, miss a shot. It happens. Yesterday, he hit a ball spotter and spectators around the green. One time, didn't even yell four. Second time, yelled four like way too late. Like it was right above him. Four. Come on, man. It's golf etiquette. If you spray one left or right and there's people around, you gotta, even the caddy, where's your caddy at to yell four? That's, that's chump. That's chump move. Even Tiger will, usually he swears first, and then he'll, like, write or something like that. By the way, Tiger had to withdraw today because of an illness at the Genesis uh, Invitational. Uh, the champ uh, here on the Green Zone this afternoon is Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift and the Mahomes. Uh, the Mahomes donated $50,000 to the family of the woman who died the other day in Kansas City. Taylor Swift donated $100,000 while she's on tour in Australia. Uh, but the Mahomes as well, Brittany and Patrick, uh, showed up at the Children's Hospital, Children's Mercy Hospital uh, today. There's your champs here on the Green Zone.